0: Two ladies get action.
1: The podcast where two best friends talk about getting action movies. I'm Rebecca Ringley. This is Rin Olson. And this week we watched White House Down, starring Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx, and my beloved Garcelle Beauvo from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills.
0: I know. I got so excited for for you when I saw
1: her name come up on the screen. Did you catch her when you saw her, or you you just uh, noticed the credit? I just noticed the credit. Yeah, she's so beautiful. But yeah, so we watched that movie today, and we're going to be spoiling it and talking about it. Before we get to it, Rin, how are you doing? How
0: has your week been? Doing really well. I have spent the weekend and a little bit of the last week dog sitting in a different part of town, so hanging out with a very sweet um, yellow lab and cream retriever. We did lots of walks. But more exciting and a bit of news that is relevant to this episode, I signed up for an acting class which is going to be really fun. It's an in-person class and I'm laughing, Rebecca, because guess who it's with? Who? It's one of the henchmen. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) That's so exciting. I'm so excited and which one? I was talking about it with my aunt and uncle and I was just saying like I'm really excited to be in class and it's an on-camera class. I'm going to be doing a bunch of cold reads. And then I turned on this movie and I watched the credits start and the names go down. And I was like, oh my God. Wait, which one was he? He was the second in command. So like we had Jason Clark, who was like actually the second in command. The... You no, know,
1: You know, I'm not going to know anyone's, any of these guys' names at all. So can you describe his role?
0: Yes, he was. Okay. So you know how we had the traitor? And then we had his first in command. Mm-hmm. And then we had the second in command. The one who was like, I didn't sign up for these nukes. Exactly. Oh, how fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. So that's like my big news for the week.
1: Wow, that is big news. That's really exciting. You'll have to report back.
0: I will. I am I'm really excited for this class. I'm it'll be nice again to have it be in person and really have it be um like TV camera focused. So, I will report back. But other than that, getting back slowly into my Selling Sunset watching as well as I rewatched the entire first season of Stranger Things because why not? Why?
1: Why do that when you have so much Selling Sunset to watch?
0: Because <laughs> it's a comfort show. I love Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Well, we're, well, let's talk about Selling Sunset. Where are you with that? I'm still on the beginning of the second season okay. where Christine is like, refinding all of her old friends and everybody's mad at her because she didn't tell anybody about her engagement yeah. but I love Christine I do too
1: her wedding is such a spectacle I can't wait till you get to it it's like the climax of the season it's really exciting
0: I mean I just don't understand her it's like her wealth or like fashion almost borders for me on gaudy but I can't look away
1: well it is very like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills like it fits very much in that world
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I love her outfits.
0: I mean, her outfits aren't my style, but she pulls them off.
1: She looks amazing.
0: How's your week been?
1: It's been busy, tumultuous, all the things. I went to North Carolina last weekend and um, went to a funeral and spent a little time with my family, which was tough. Um, Just like overall, not a relaxing trip whatsoever.
0: Yeah, it wasn't going to be.
1: I know. I know, but I always hold out hope that somehow it'll still be like, it's a trip, but this one wasn't. And I got back and right back into the swing of things at work, but I did get to have a very fun weekend this last weekend because I went to dinner with a new friend and got um, the most amazing truffle pasta where they shave the truffle on top of it, Ren, Oh, so good. Oh, it was like so decadent, but the portions were so small. So we had to order three pastas. Of course. Yeah. It, oh my God. It was so good. It was a cacio e pepe. It mm-hmm. was the truffle pasta with the shaved truffles on top. Yeah. And it was like a duck ragu one. It was also delicious.
0: You've been doing a lot of duck lately. No,
1: I'm not a duck girl, but it's been happening around me. And I'm like, okay. Where did you go? I don't know the name of it, but I got an Uber from there. So I can definitely tell you okay. it was like cool, fancy in the West Village. Like there was a really long line to get a table and we stood in it and the food was expensive, but so good. So it was (laughs) a great time. And then my big event was on Sunday. I went um, and got to meet our friend Lindsay's new kitten. Oh my gosh. It's so little. Lindsay's named it Gizmo and the kitten is so little, Rin. It's like, it's like the size of like a football.
0: Oh, that's, that's the size where like, when you start to pet them, their purr sounds like an engine.
1: I didn't hear that, but I did pick it up and it was so squishy. At first it was like, not, it was like scared. And so we like, you know, I was very patient and I played with it from a distance and it kind of, kind of like came out slowly from under the couch. And then by the end, she was like snuggling near me and she let me pick her up a bunch or him, whatever. And I picked him up and it was his bones were all soft and, you know, and the, it
0: was just so cute. Did you get to play with it with the string?
1: Yeah. Um, Lindsay has this wire toy that the cat's obsessed with. Aren't it's they fun? like a long wire with like a little thingy in the end. Oh my gosh. It was so cute. Yeah. The kitten was all about it. And then the kitten has an older brother, uh, Boogie, who now looks like a full grown cat and not a kitten at all. And the kitten is so obsessed with boogie it was so cute and just follow him around or like start sort of batting at his tail and trying to eat whatever boogie was eating and sit near boogie and it was so cute
0: and i bet boogie
1: was like a kitten but yeah it was kitten. it was like rolling its eyes a little bit but then other times it's like it's fine for you to sit
0: here i may have told you this but on my grandfather's farm when i was growing up there were always kittens like litters of kittens to tame and that was like my big activity during the summer was I would meet a new litter of kittens because they were farm cats like feral cats and I would tame the kittens and I'd name all the kittens and I'd be like running after them oh so, very very cute stuff yeah so that was a lot of fun it sounds like so much fun oh I love cats
1: I don't but I really enjoyed holding that kitten
0: so should we talk about White House Down
1: yes we should why not you start? What were your initial thoughts and feelings about this movie before we get into a summary and our our deeper discussion?
0: I had a great time with this movie. It was so much fun. Channing Tatum is a star and this movie really knew how to keep it both light and also like earn its dramatic moments. I really enjoyed it and there were so many like twists and turns. Um there are a few things like Joey King bordered on a little too precocious at times for me. And there was a scene at the very end where I was like, okay, this is like a little much. But for the most part, I had a great time and I thought the script was really good. It's also funny because going into this, I kept on thinking of like London Has Fallen or Olympus Has Fallen or whatever that series is, which you and I tried to watch um, for the second iteration. And it was so bad and so painful. And so I was a little afraid it was going to be like that. But I had so much fun with this movie. So those are my thoughts and feelings. It reminded me of a couple of movies kind of mashed together. But um, yeah, what did you think?
1: I loved it. Yay! <laughs> I had fun, 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 fun. I loved it so much. And yeah, I wanted to jump in when you we were talking, but like a, I kind of like the suspense of waiting to hear what, what each other thinks. I hate it when
0: you do that because I loved
1: this movie. I know. Well, that's why I said you want me to go first because I'll go first and tell you how much I fucking loved it. Oh, okay. But- I wanted to not interrupt you. So I was like, like, hurry up. So I can tell you, I love it too. <laughs> okay. Oh, <good. laughs> um, no, I loved it. And you're right. Like I kept thinking about that's what it was called. Like Olympus has fallen. I kept thinking Ulysses has fallen. Um, which is a dreadful movie. That's like the same movie as this, but so racist, so dark, so ultra violent. So like deplorable <laughs> and yeah. boring and shitty. And this was a blast. I had so much fun. Top to bottom, I love this movie. It's just like Air Force One, but it's inside the White House. And I love the president. And it just kept escalating, which was my biggest compliment for the movie, is that every time they would come up with like a new stakes, they would just raise it higher and then more and then more and then more.
0: Also, what they did throughout that, as they kept on raising the stakes, is that they had a personal problem that they needed to solve with stakes and then they had like the public political problem yeah and both of those started as separate and then the stakes got raised and then the stakes got raised and then they started to like mesh yeah you're right and then it like yeah i feel like this is air force one but up a level yeah i mean you're so right though
1: the political stuff in this film was not window dressing it's like the opposite of that problem i had with whatever that film was which one was that
0: Transporter Three.
1: Yeah, it's the opposite of that. The political stuff is motivated by the personal connections. It makes sense. And then as new threats get added, it ups the stakes because we have, you know, a father and child in the White House.
0: Oh my god, I was like <laughs> crying. It's so many parts of this movie. Because anytime there's like a parent and kid, where yeah. like they have to go save the kid, I'm always just like. <laughs> Now
1: I will say to your point about Joey King <laughs> they they should have picked a different kid if they <laughs> wanted
0: me to, if they wanted me to really worry about that kid dying. I was sort of wishing for our Sarah, but
1: <sighs> oh, if, on, if only, but like any other kid too, cause you're right. It was like, I mean, I thought she was playing like sixteen and apparently she's playing like eleven, which was tough. but the the part at the end, which I think you did a big eye roll to, as did i except it was redeemed by the line at the end where she says you saw my flag performance and i remember I like, know. Oh, right she was in the flag the flag <laughs> swirling crew or whatever and he missed her performance which is perfect
0: well even i was actually i mean that i didn't hate so much i was more referencing like the showdown at the very end oh yeah, yeah. but was she, was she
1: cool girls the the man with the gun
0: No, no, I'm talking about like with like Channing Tatum and the Speaker of the House. I just thought that felt a little stilted, but still earned. But every single thing in the script, well, two things. When they introduce something, it comes back around, which I always enjoy in like a good way, not in like a, oh my God way. And then the other thing is there were so many moments where these characters, I feel like we've seen them in other films, like the sort of trope or the sort of stock character, but they make them so human. Like when the Speaker of the House is now sworn in for president or told that he's going to be president he has this moment where he's like okay i i need to call my wife like i cried because had- I cried when he did his little speech like
1: i started to tear up when he was like i wrote down but he was like this is not over like we're not beat yet I yeah was, like, I started but- to tear up I'm, like oh no he's a good man which
0: is great of the film to make us think that because he is not a good man he is not. But there were just so many moments like that. Or like when Jamie Foxx, as the president, shoots the one of the bad yeah. guys, he has a moment where he's like, oh my god, I just killed somebody. And you and see so it. Bad. And those moments like
1: oh. Yeah, they f- get railroaded over in so many other films. Yeah. Oh yeah, so good. So fun. Um, should we do like a brief sort of synopsis of the film? Obviously we're going to spoil it if you haven't figured that out already. I'll run through. Yeah, take it away. Okay, so White House down is a movie about Channing Tatum and oh he's hot and oh he's young and he looks way too young to have a daughter who's probably 16 number one I was
0: thinking that too
1: yeah i was like wait i don't really buy that <laughs> like like uncle maybe but not like dad you have a kid maybe they're like 3 i know yeah it it felt strange um the timing didn't add up for me he must have had the kid at like 19 But even then he, okay. Anyway, he's got a kid and he's divorced and he is a capital B bad dad. He's ex-military and he's a bad dad. He misses his daughter's recitals. He's not that active of a parent, but on this day, he has an interview to join the secret service to protect the president. And he takes his kid to the white house on a tour and she doesn't really like him that much. And then on this tour, all hell breaks loose because the head of the Secret Service turns on the president and brings in a crew of terrorists, sadly, like American white terrorists, homegrown terrorists, who take over the White House pretty swiftly and execute a plan to what we eventually learn is to preemptively bomb the shit out of Iran and to install the Speaker of the House as the the new president to kill. Jamie Foxx's president and the vice president then in Air Force One, and then to invoke uh, the Speaker of the House who's working with them as the new president, all to avenge the death of the the, uh, Secret Service captain's son, who was killed in the military in Iraq, and also to please the military-industrial complex, because Jamie Foxx has some giant peace plan, which is going to make all the weapons manufacturers mad. All while Channing Tatum is separated from his daughter, and he now gets the chance—the job interview of a lifetime—to protect the president as the White
0: House is under attack. Yes, and what a journey it is to get there. Do you think? Because I do. Do you think the January sixth insurrectionists watch this like jerking off to yes. the to the like the the bad guys taking over the White House?
1: It feels psychic is not the right word, but it feels prescient in a scary way because they made a really great choice of making some of these terrorists specifically white supremacists specifically like right-wing news junkies like as opposed to like olympus has fallen which made all the terrorists all the bad guys nameless brown people i think the terror the january 6th terrorists, probably watched both films and got the wrong message from both (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly
1: i got their wires yeah. crossed about like
0: oh like yeah
1: that's what we'll do and like olympus has fallen and then they're like yeah but like we're the good guys we're like gerard <laughs> butler we're the good guys invading the capital
0: yeah oh let's dive in this film has so many moments where like the whole setup is such a good slow burn with so many satisfying scenes i don't even know where to start where should we start we can start with the president. Let's start with Jamie Foxx. So
1: once again, like an Air Force One, we get a president worth rooting for.
0: Yeah. This president is a good man. All capital letters. Yeah,
1: he is. He's a good man. He's a good president. I wrote, wow, I love president. I love America White House. I wrote, Jamie Foxx is our president. Yeah. I'm like, he's sweet. I think he's a good president. It's cute. He seems to love his job. He seems to- you know, care a lot about his country. Like he's nice to the people around him. He's, he has, get joy out of
0: still like the little things in his in his life. He has this line like much later in the movie that I really, that really stuck out to me where it was like, he's talking about the job with Channing Tatum because they turn into like a buddy cop sort of, not buddy cop, sorry. It turns into like a buddy film with them. But he has this line where he says like, the job isn't about changing things. It's about getting reelected. And you do everything you can to get reelected. And then later he says, like, I didn't want to make history. I wanted to make a difference. And so I just love that throughout the film, we get these reminders that this is still a man trying to do a good job. Yeah,
1: totally. Right. And Channing Tatum is like a member of like the Metro Police. So he's like not involved at all. Um, But he establishes himself as adorable right off the bat, like arguing with the squirrel. He's the driver for the Speaker of the House, right? He's on the security patrol. But is it for a speaker of the house, or was it for the traitor?
0: For the speaker of the house, who is the traitor? Okay,
1: and that's how he knew about the beeper.
0: Yeah, which is one he's of those. Not the, no,
1: he's not the original traitor. I, I've got to keep those two names separate.
0: Oh. Yes, sorry. He is for the speaker of the house, who's not the original traitor.
1: Yeah, or else it'll all it'll all lose. <laughs> It'll all unravel if I can't get my you know nicknames straight. He seems like he's a nice guy, but he's not that active of a dad. Like he wants to impress his daughter, but his daughter is like over him.
0: I mean, his daughter calls him John. And there's this great line where she's like, we're adults here, John. And Channing Tatum goes, speak for yourself. (laughs) But we learn more about his backstory in the scene with Maggie Gyllenhaal that is so good and that I really liked. He gets his daughter tickets on this, like tickets to to go into the White House because she is all things political obsessed. She has like a snow globe of the White House. She knows all these facts. She has a video, a vlog. A YouTube as she corrects the reporter. Yes. So he takes her along to this interview that he has with the Secret Service. Meanwhile, Maggie Gyllenhaal is established as like right-hand woman to the head of the secret service. And like, she is good at her job. But when Channing Tatum walks into her office, they both go, oh, hey, how's it going? And it's clear that they know each other and they had a prior relationship. And it was so surprising yeah. that it, oh, it was so good. And then we learned from her, like running through his file about his backstory, which I thought was a great use of exposition.
1: You're right. And there's a great detail in there too, that the movie... Doesn't indulge in too much, but is really fun that it's in there, which is that she tells him, oh, I have a different last name, like, AKA, like I'm, I'm married and not an option. And then we find out for someone else that she's actually divorced. Yes. And so she is, but she was like protecting herself in that moment or something, or wanted him to think her life was more together or
0: and that scene also establishes his arc which is that he doesn't finish things like she runs down all the reasons why he, he's not qualified to be on the secret service you didn't finish college you all of your like military supervisors say that you had no regard for authority that you couldn't complete missions and in every turn he says well i did finish college night school i right. served these tours and this is why you should choose me and at the end, she says like i wish you could i wish i could pick you but i can't right and, and the so person too i'm
1: sure she didn't want to Yeah. I kept thinking like, Oh my God, that's so horrible to get recommendations like that. Like did his bosses say like, don't ask me like they should be like, shouldn't you give a heads
0: up? I'm going to write you a bad recommendation for this job you're applying to. So when I was applying for college, my Mm. mom told me a story like that where she knew some kid who'd asked for recommendations from his, from his teachers and they all wrote him terrible <gasps> recommendations so anytime I ask for recommendations I always say would you be willing to write me a positive recommendation
1: yeah that's crazy that's actually so mean
0: yeah it's really callous I don't know who would do that
1: I don't either I think the appropriate thing to do is to say I'm sorry I can't like I and if pressed you know I can't in good conscience because I don't think this is the right fit but to write a re- like to write a recommendation and savage and like that that was so mean and then he was funny though he's like is my credit score in there too and she goes
0: yes it's dismal he goes it was a recession <laughs> I know Channing Tatum is really good also like he just oh, knows he's great. And he's funny and also balance out the emotional things and for some reason I feel like he used to get like a bad sort of pigeonholed into only being able to do one thing but I think he's a great actor
1: I think he's a great actor he might he might be one of our greatest actors no, he got he got kind of the Matthew McConaughey treatment initially, where he was like dance movies, sort of rom coms, Magic Mike. Um, but then, like with Twenty Two Jump Street, with this movie, with a bunch of other movies, he's really established himself as very funny, comedically, and like really skilled and clearly an action star, like a great action star. Um, oh, and fun! Fun to spend time with. Like I really enjoyed watching this movie with him. I did too. He looks, I don't, there's something about his look where I'm like, like a hot older brother. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like someone you might know. Do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look unattainable to me. He looks attainable.
0: Like you stop into uh, your friend's older brother's like room doorway and you're like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. And like the whole night at the sleepover, you're like, oh my God, like, I hope that like, I don't know, like he'll come down <laughs> and kiss see. What if I run into him in my PJs? Yeah. And then you're like the first up at breakfast so you can talk to him. He <laughs> just, there's something about him. I mean, maybe it's also the 22 Jump Street of it all where he pretends to go back to high school. But like, I feel like I can see him in high school. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, that scene is part of our slow burn where it's just like from there he joins the
1: tour. He has to check his gun. So his gun mm-hmm. is
0: away. That I wrote big plot point.
1: Oh yeah. We see Garcelle the
0: first lady looking beautiful we also get in this early setup we get the um the secret service head of secret service trader being the most shady as he leaves for work in the morning he was shady where you know his wife knows something is up or like what he's up to because he's like i'll be home later honey and like taking off his flag pin and staring longingly at a picture of his son who you also know is is dead before they even say it
1: oh 100 yeah you definitely know he's dead and like when he takes off his pen it's like he's deciding to do something bad See, it's telegraphed from the beginning and one of the big differences between this and air force one is one of the things i loved and frustrated me but in a good way with air force one is that no one else knows the secret service guy is turned on the president in air force one until the very end of the film And it's only revealed to Harrison Ford and one other guy before he gets taken care of. And in this film, the traitor exposes himself to the president, to everyone pretty quickly. And so we know it's him and he's not afraid of being identified. And
0: he plays along for a little bit, which I enjoyed because it just added to the chaos and like the stakes. But you're right. He exposes himself and then it's even scarier.
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought... It was so annoying when uh Joey King was like interviewing the president with like a hard hitting question for her YouTube.
0: I know that was pretty extensive for an 11 year old. Like I'm not discounting the 11 year olds out there, but Channing Tatum at some point asks her like, do you get picked on at school? And yeah, she's like, that oh. was the funniest line. <laughs> I was like, oh, she totally gets picked on at school. Yeah. He's
1: like, do you, you have problems at school, don't you? <laughs> But the president handles it well. He still has a great response. He's like quick on his feet.
0: Yeah. Also, I love the part where, so Joey King is like, yeah, my dad's going to go work for you. And the president, even though Maggie Gyllenhaal has basically said to him, like, you cannot come work for us. I will not hire you. The president is like, that's so great. And then he like leans (laughs) into Channing Tatum's hand and he's like, don't lie to children.
1: Yeah, that was so cute. I felt bad for Maggie Gyllenhaal because it's established very early on that she hasn't slept in like two days
0: and she doesn't get any more sleep no she doesn't in fact her boss sends her away and I was like oh no <laughs> but it's also a really clever move for the movie because it's sort of establishing Side note: know I also thought this movie was like a better in the line of fire mm. because it had secret service people who were like willing to risk their lives for the president but oh yeah but it establishes like the scene establishes that their relationship, you know, it's mentor versus mentee, and she trusts him. And she's, you know, um, and so we think, oh, maybe he's not a bad guy, but it also gives him some humanity, too. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean,
1: things take off because there's like a bomb in the lobby. That's where all the terrorists come in.
0: Mm-hmm. There is a workman who is like really being allowed to sort of like wander the halls of the Capitol building very freely. When someone notices it right before the
1: bomb goes off and they're like,
0: Hey, like, why are you here? Don't leave that here. Hey. But that is just a diversion because, and we've seen this several times of the like, Oh, there are workmen going in to repair the home theater. It's just like the audio stuff, but they're bad. So they're in the white house.
1: Yes. They're very bad. They're just out and about and they're just killing people. And it is scary. The main guard gets killed. There's snipers taking out the other snipers. It makes me feel like the stakes are real right away, um, especially as they drive in more vans and even more criminals.
0: I agree. These these guys felt really scary. And also they share the trait in Air Force One or the story of the, sorry, they share the sort of similar plot line in Air Force One in that they're taking out named characters too.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. In the beginning, Joby King is separated from the other hostages. In the bathroom. So she gets to have her own little crawling around adventure for a bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I thought that part was really great. She made, like was really well acted. I was very worried for her. And it was also worried just because like watching her dad be like, my daughter's out there. I got to go get her. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, because she's our video vlog, she's like filming them.
1: Very smart. I mean, that character, her whole life is decided now <laughs> in such a way that like the media attention that she got from this she's going to be that 15, like 14 year old with a book and she goes on Oprah and she goes on the view and she does a press tour. And then she's going to be that like 19 year old who runs for state Senate.
0: I mean, sort of ha- similar of how we are talking about the characters in I am number four, like the writers just decided that her personality trait was an interest, which is politics.
1: <laughs> right. Precocious. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just wouldn't want to, be on a Zoom meeting with her. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she would start attending like every PTA Zoom meeting or like local ordinances about parks and stoplights,
0: and she'd have a lot to say. And if she didn't agree with you, on her video vlog, it'd go. Oh God, video vlog, YouTube. Sorry, YouTube vlog, it'd go. I think it's just YouTube. I don't think there's any. The word vlog isn't there at all. I know, that's how they reference it in the film, though. So it's stuck and in my head. she corrects them. I was trying to imagine what it would be like to be in school with her, even if this hadn't happened to her. And I think I would just be like, I am so dumb. I don't now know. Now she's, to that question. yeah.
1: Now she's the hero child.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but this is where we start to get, I mean, that where the stakes for both the political side and the personal side start to go up when Channing Tatum is separated from her. And so he says, like, I'm going to go get her. She's like my kid. Obviously, I have to find her. And then meanwhile, um, Jamie Fox is being led to the security bunker by the head of his social service, who, as we know, is a traitor. They get down to the bunker and the traitor shoots like his yeah. main guy.
1: And everyone else shoots everybody except for the president.
0: And this is where they like the personal and the political um, collide because Channing Tatum he, like follows them and saves the president.
1: Yeah, I was like, now he's the only Secret Service guy. Yeah, man, what a job interview.
0: Yeah, well, that's it. This whole thing is
1: an extended uh, job interview, and he gets the job. What did you think of our band of
0: mercenaries? I know we talked about it a little bit, but let's talk about them.
1: Yeah, I thought the main guy was really scary. I've seen him in other things. I don't remember his name, but I've seen his like curly hair and like distinctive face and other things. Um, But there's a scene where he and Channing Tatum fight in the sprinkler rain and it's really hot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's very, very musk-like (laughs) gripped. But he was scary. I thought he was
1: really scary. And especially because you don't know his motivation. Another thing I liked about the mercenaries was they all had different motivations. And they were distinct from the traitor, the Secret Service traitor, who was leading this whole thing. He had his one motivation. Everyone else was up to something else. And had made their own little various deals to be there. To the extent that, like, I don't know what the main militia guy's motivation was outside of, like, chaos and maybe money. But he seemed to be totally fine with the nukes. Like, no problem with that part. Where other people had a problem. He didn't seem to care if he killed the president. Which the Secret Service guy did not want to kill the president. He wanted to use him as a bargaining chip.
0: I love what you just said about the fact that everybody had their own motivation. Because it made sense, and because the main secret service guy, like basically, like used a watch list as like yeah. a shopping list, as Maggie Gyllenhaal says. But I also liked that they even humanized the the bad guys. Like, yeah. um, I think the actor's name is Jason Clark, but. He gets very upset when when one of his men or when all of his men get killed, but but particularly one of them because it's like his best friend who saved his life multiple times, and that's yeah. I think when he really starts to go off the rails and is like, "Fine, let's do it. Let's kill the president. I'm going to kill this little girl. I don't care."
1: Yeah, I wrote that down too. He does get very very upset, which is unexpected given like how ruthless these guys seem at first. Yeah, um, and then you have like the comedic one who is uh, the right wing, like white supremacist one who keeps asking his like Rush Limbaugh-esque idol, <laughs> like, where do you get the ideas for your shows? Like, cause I have, I have great ideas. And he's like, I really like you.
0: Yeah. And even that guy gets his own little arc too. and like Yeah.
1: He, yeah, he gets a moment of like being a total wimp and afraid. And then he gets a moment of bravery, uh, you know, slight as it might be. But yeah, I enjoyed him. And then, you know, your future acting teacher um, has his own special little moment. He's mostly not in this really, but he does have one special little moment where he's like, wait, we're nuking Iran. I didn't sign up for that. I'm just here for the money. And then the Secret Service guy is like, cool, I'm just going to shoot you then. Right, right. Which is the problem with all these guys declaring their different intentions out loud. You should have just been like, cool, great, great job with the nukes. And then like go run and get the money. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right if we've learned anything from action movies it's like you need a clear um a clear money delivery plan otherwise you just get shot right you're just gonna get shot
1: yeah unless you have the money in your hand and or know where it is but no one else know. like you have to have some kind of great plan to transfer the money or else you're gonna die
0: or just like make sure they venmo you and then you can leave without turning your back the tour is starting Don't go away. We'll be right back with more White House Down.
1: And we're back. Yeah, you're right. And then the hacker guy who um, plays a really funny, strange character, and it's always sunny. I don't know if you've ever, you've seen much of that show. I haven't. He plays this character who's recurring, who's like part of this family that's really gross and weird. And they're always like picking their nose and they're always Mm -hmm. like yucky. (laughs) And so when I see him, I'm like, ew, it's him. (laughs) But he's he's a really funny actor. And his whole motivation, hilariously, is you know his part in the plan is to take down Air Force One and kill the vice president after he's been named the president. But his other agenda is to delete himself off of any watch lists and to delete all the files on him.
0: I didn't understand what his role was in the plan at first, which I really enjoyed. Or like not even at first. We don't learn it until probably... Yeah three fourths of the movie through when it's revealed yeah Yeah. and that was also another plot twist I'm jumping a little ahead a little bit because you think oh my god they think the president's dead they're going to swear in the vice president so now he's the president and he's making all these terrible decisions but actually it goes further Air Force One still gets hit and we get another president well yeah I mean just the fact that like
1: oh like the let's talk about like that escalation because that was what was so fun for me was first you have the White House is filled with terrorists and the president is under attack. That's great by itself. All of Olympus has fallen is only that idea. Yeah. And then you have next to that is a man and his daughter are separated within the White House. So that's also an escalation. Then you have the terrorists have these missile launch codes and they're going to bomb anywhere in the U.S. So that's pretty bad. (laughs) And then you have Maggie Gyllenhaal being like, let's not bomb the White House. And then other people being like, let's bomb the White House. So that's also pretty imminently bad. And then the next thing is they get the nuclear launch codes to launch nukes at Iran and blow up Iran. Then the good guys send these Black Hawk helicopters buzzing down the streets, which is so fun. And so like, like picturesque and iconic, like buzzing over people's heads to attack and blow up the White House again <laughs> before it can, like, start World War III. Because then we yeah. see the submarines going, we see, like, NORADs going. It's so fun. It just keeps getting, like, higher and higher stakes.
0: Yeah, but it never goes into that sort of Olympus Has Fallen, Jenna Thieves, like, highly militaristic movie that you and I both hate. It's still, like, high stakes, very tense, and still there were moments where I was, like, laughing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it kept it it light despite all the high stakes. I mean, what I didn't like about Den of Thieves and what I hated about Olympus Has Fallen is how dark their worldview was and how like sick and twisted their characters were. In this film, Channing Tatum's like a nice guy with a sense of humor who's so ripped and he just happens to be in the right place at the right time. And Jamie Foxx also seems to be a nice guy with a like very, very, very Obama-like with a sense of humor, who's trying to do the right thing and doesn't want to hurt anybody, doesn't want to kill anybody. But they end up in a situation together where you're rooting for them to succeed. It's just, yeah, it's just like, you know, having heroes be in this movie as the leads instead of villains in both those other films.
0: Yeah, it's really nice having people that you're rooting for. I was also delighted to see the the actor who plays Sharon in John Wick show up as our military commander. He plays the concierge in John Wick. Yes. Okay. Just always fun to see actors we like.
1: Yeah. You got to know, no names will stick.
0: I know, but I keep trying. I keep
1: trying. (laughs) Well, I have to actively refuse it because my brain storage doesn't work like that. Like I don't have the short-term space for any of those names that's going to stick. I'm full up with my long-term names. Like, I got to remember your name. I got to remember Emily's name. I got to <laughs> remember the people who I work with's names.
0: That's a lot of names for me. That's fair. I mean, listen, I wish my brain worked that way. But unfortunately, like my brain is finally starting to release the files of names of people from high school.
1: Or oh, like, maybe really? college. I toss those all, all the new names into like this real short-term file. Like when I'm watching a movie, I don't even, I don't, I don't even catch the names mostly. And I try not to. Try to just go that one and that one. And then there's that one in the blue shirt. And like
0: this one's that. It got so bad when I was working as a barista in this very busy union square location yeah, that I could see a giant line of people and know their names and their drink orders. That makes you a great barista,
1: but I guess. Yeah, that's a lot to file in your brain. That's too much.
0: I know. I don't need it.
1: Well, I have the opposite problem. I'll have many interactions with somebody, especially in a workplace when I used to go into the office and not know their name at all and talk to them maybe every day.
0: So at parties you'd be like, Oh, this is my friend
1: No, I would I wouldn't. I would say, I want to introduce you (laughs) to and smile. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's I mean this happens at work constantly because I'm always working on stories with people's names in them. And I swap them all the time or I forget them or I'll say this one's Derek or that one's a Kyle or this one's a (laughs) But you remember faces. Well, exactly. That's why all my work files, I figure out ways to put pictures with them. And if I see the picture, I know exactly who it is. And if I just see the names, it's no. So with these movies and I'm watching them, I see the face. I don't need to know the name. So I don't even remember how even store it.
0: But that's why if you start saying Sharon, I'm gonna go, I God help me,
1: I don't know who that is. I've never heard
0: that name in my whole life. To be fair, we only learned it, I think, in maybe the second one or the third one. So
1: yeah, I just know John's name because it's the title. <laughs> <laughs> like in this movie, I just know Jamie Foxx. I know Channing Tatum. I know Joey King. I know they called her Emily because of the news reports and because that's also my dog's name. And those are all the names I got. You I know, mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal. And the rest are like Trader, slash Secret Service, Speaker of the House, Vice President, Lady Who Works with the Vice President, and Docent. Who was the Docent? The The Docent. The tour guide.
0: Yes, thank you. Sorry, my brain <laughs> didn't recognize that as a word or like link what it meant. Yes, <laughs> <definitely> got it. <laughs> oh, let's talk about the docent. I loved him. He was a cutie. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really again all the characters in this movie feel real. He had a fun little arc too. Yeah, they've all got this great arc, even if it's like really with the exception of um Channing Tatum's ex played oh, yeah by... she doesn't get to do anything i know i know what what a waste i really like that actress and i love that every time i see her on screen she's got these glorious curls oh
1: i know we have i mean the only thing i think about when i see her is just the hair it's just like I big know. orange curls
0: it's so beautiful she played the the evil vampire in twilight
1: i'm sure she did <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know her name <laughs> Tell it to me. I'll never remember it.
0: <laughs> oh, I actually don't remember her name in Twilight. But the actress's name is uh, Rochelle Lefebvre.
1: Okay. So you also need like any of my long-term storage for celebrity names I need to keep, you know? Mm. The people in my immediate orbit and then celebrities oh. I care about. And, you know, people on Bachelor starting week like four, five, six, then I start remembering.
0: Right. One of my favorite things about watching Bachelor and Bachelorette with Rebecca is that we get to give, particularly I feel like in Bachelorette seasons is when I do this, is that we get to give people names. We give them all nicknames because who's going to remember? Not me. I mean, like I remember Tyler from Hannah's season we called Charleston for the first like four weeks because he just looked like a a Charleston gentleman.
1: Yeah, his jawline. I remember. Well, it's starting tonight. Are you going to watch it later? I am going to watch it, of course. How can I not? Please do. I know, but sometimes you tell me you do, and then you don't if we're not together. (laughs) Well, it's a watching together show. I know it is, but when we're separated by coasts and by a Hulu that won't let us watch simultaneously. Tragic. It's so tragic. So I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with that news. Because I'm going to watch it after we finish recording. And then you're going to watch it at the right time on your time zone. And then we can discuss tomorrow. Okay, back to this movie, which I loved. I mean, should
0: we watch this movie like every July 4th? It feels very patriotic to me. Yeah, I think maybe we should. I just, I really loved this movie. And it's funny because I feel like the movies that we really didn't like, sometimes we have more to talk about, even though I still feel like there's a lot to talk about. But there's just every single scene in here, or mostly every single scene feels so satisfying where it's like, there's a problem, there's a climax, there's a solution and something that pushes them into the next scene and it carries over everything. Yeah, and the stakes <laughs> feel real. I mean, like, just think about, like, all the fun moments we get to have,
1: too. Like, like in a film that could feel claustrophobic, how many fun, silly times do we have? Like, when they're doing the car chase in the front front lawn.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, we have to talk about this car chase. Do you want to take us <laughs> into
1: the scene? Sure. So, at one point... The president and Channing Tatum, who are now like bros in this together, Channing Tatum is protecting the president, but the president now, you know, has fired a gun a couple of times. He's feeling himself a little bit. They they get to the the garage. And um, a thing I remember from probably one of these other movies they watched about presidents is that the cars are like armored to the extent they can extend like a nuclear bomb or something. Like all those cars are super, super heavily armored. So it's a great spot for them to be in. Um, but they get in the car and Jamie Foxx tries to sit in the back first, which is funny. Basically they get into one of the cars, the bad guys get into the other cars. Their other cars are equipped with machine guns that pop out of the top. Um, uh, and they, they engage in this like high speed chase around the main fountain on the white house lawn. And because of the gates are like this kind of steel, they can't break through, uh, Chain Tatum and Jamie Foxx are. Are just stuck going in circles while they're getting fired upon to the point where they can't even see out their windshield and they discover weapons in the back they're both firing on each other they you know manage to maneuver to get one of the cars to crash on the the basketball court um they end up in a pool it's just a great time and the news is covering it too which is also very fun
0: i was going to say that was one of my favorite parts um was the fact that there's a news helicopter that isn't supposed to be there but like flying overhead and also the news coverage in this movie makes a lot of sense i feel like in other movies we've seen where it's like how did the news get this coverage like that's yeah. a weird angle for them to be filming at but all of these angles feel like something that you could get from behind the gates or like overhead or you know they do set up early on like we've mentioned joey joey king's youtube so she's like filming that and uploading
1: oh yeah and it was fun to see the like a crowd has formed around the White House, obviously. And it's just fun to watch them watching it and be like, wait, is that the president hanging out of that car with a gun? It's just so silly and so fun. Um, And they use a tank to crash into the gate, but then the tank gets blown up by the snipers on the roof. Like it just got, you know, it stayed scary while still being very silly.
0: Yeah. Some of the details, like all the details that you learn are useful. Like earlier on in the movie uh Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx are trapped in an elevator and they see men loading out these very specific weapons that because of his background Channing (laughs) Tatum is able to say like oh no those are military-grade weapons those are going to be a problem and they are a problem later on
1: right they're like he just he says they're specifically like land to air missiles or something so basically they can shoot something out of the sky which comes up later I didn't know there was a pool at the White House did
0: you I didn't either. I was thinking that they had so much fun totally destroying this set.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So much fun. But yeah, I didn't know there was a pool and like a little pool
0: house. How fun. Makes but sense. it
1: made sense. I mean, listen, if it's
0: going to be the White House, it should have a pool, an outdoor and an indoor pool. I was going to say it should have like an Olympic sized indoor pool for swimming laps and an outdoor cute like garden-y pool for hanging out and like yeah. pulling off. Yeah, 100%. It's funny because early on in the movie, I wrote like when we're first introduced to the speaker, I was like, oh, he's a bad guy. Something's up. And then I totally forgot halfway through the movie because I thought, oh, the speaker was the one guy against the president. Now he's going to be the one one guy to like, oh, yeah, say, don't don't turn over the presidency to the VP. And so I was just reading this quote where it was like in a mystery. It shouldn't be like, oh, I saw that coming. But it should you should feel like, oh, my God, how could I not have seen that coming? Right. And I feel like this got me there, especially with like the detail of the pager, which I totally missed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so me that, too. I didn't see that coming either. I was really excited by it because I I didn't see that last twist coming at all where Maggie Gyllenhaal had like ordered this report from this guy who didn't want to do it. And then he comes and he's like, you have to see this. And then we don't know what it is until the surprise ending, which was so fun. Yeah. And
0: I totally forgot about that report. And then when she's delivering him the news- He's sitting with Jamie Foxx and he's looking at him. And I was like, oh no, are they going to make the president? The one I thought so too. I thought it was the president who was bad. And then I would have been really upset. Me too. Like I, in retrospect, I loved having that worry, but I would have been really upset if they had been like, it was the president. He ordered all of this.
1: Or maybe it would have been a great twist. Who knows? But either way, it was so fun. Oh, another little detail I appreciated that I feel like I've never seen in one of these movies It's the kind of thing that, like, if you're writing a script, it takes no time at all, but it meant so much that they highlighted that Maggie Gyllenhaal and the traitor, the Secret Service guy, have a personal relationship to where she spends Thanksgiving at his house every year.
0: I agree. I really liked that. And it's consistent throughout the film. It's not like some weird detail that's thrown in and thrown out. You see it from the beginning.
1: Right. And he's the one who mentions her divorce, too, right? I think so. I don't really remember. Someone mentions her divorce.
0: Oh, no, no, it is him because it's in the scene where he's telling her to take time off because he's like, you got to get back out there. You got to start dating. You got to, like, meet people and live a life because this, you can't be, like, committed to your job. Just weird advice from the head of the Secret Service,
1: but okay. But makes sense as advice from somebody who has cancer who's going to die in three months and is about to blow up the White House.
0: Yes. And commit treason against his country. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, what did you think about the scene with the wife? Interesting. So Maggie Gyllenhaal, Hall, I never know how to say that name. They know that the Secret Service guy is the traitor. He's escalating all of his plans. And Maggie's like, you got to bring in his wife. Mm-hmm. She can talk him down. It's going to be okay. Like, And so the wife comes in and she's like on the phone with the Secret Service guy. And she's like, husband, don't do this. Like, you're not this man. I know this. And this is the point where I wrote down like, I wish she had some more fire. Because can you imagine if your husband has three months to live And then it's like, surprise, I'm committing treason. I would be so mad. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, you have three months to live, so you're going to go kill 100 people at least?
0: Yeah. But the minute I wrote down that line, the Secret Service guy says, well, I'm doing this all for Kevin, for what they did to our boy. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you're doing this for Kevin? Give him hell.
1: Yeah, that's awful.
0: But if you think about, again, the insurrection of January 6th, there were a bunch of women there who felt the same.
1: Yeah. Maybe he had radicalized her too. Yeah. Cause he clearly believed like when we get to the reveal of his big plan, he blamed the entire middle East region, like basically as a race, like in like a, a real racist sort of ideological stance that they eventually would have nukes and they were the problem in general. And if we just eliminate them off the map, then there won't be any more wars because he just believed that they were inherently bad people because of, where they lived and he was down to like just dis- destroy the entire country of Iran, the whole region to avoid future war. So maybe he had radicalized his wife to think that too.
0: Yeah. Using their son's death, I guess. I have a question when they are in the residential area and finding Jamie Fox's phone and our platinum blonde bat batty for this movie comes in and finds them and they kill him. Why does Channing Tatum put on the vest and not the president? I assume the president was already wearing a vest. Okay. So maybe when he gets the glass in his side, it pierces it. Or like when he gets shot and his wife's present of the watch saves the bullet. (laughs) That's a really good question. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't have two bulletproof vests. I mean, there were plenty of men that they killed. So why don't they just take one off of like, take another one off of them.
1: Yeah. They really should have. Yeah. I did like that. The president was like, I gotta go save my sneakers. (laughs) <laughs> i know but he had his whole cute little closet that he picked uh his air force one sneakers it was cute but yeah i don't know why he didn't have that why didn't everyone get cut up by the glass they're constantly falling into why was the president the only one who got stabbed by a shard of glass when everyone's falling through like glass ceilings and onto glass tables and being shot through glass like i don't know i don't know not a scratch on Channing Tatum, truly. Oh, I also—I mean, I know here too. When they were going through like the resumes of the the mercenaries, like, oh, this one's a white a white supremacist. This one's a this. This one's a hacker. I was like, those are fun terrorists. This is this is like Violent Night kind of.
0: Yeah, it felt very much like that, especially with our like Wild West cowboy psychopath holding mm. all the hostages. He, that felt yeah. straight up Violent Night.
1: Totally another great moment before the president does uh kill somebody because he has to change chain's like do you have guns in the residence he's like no i have knives big knives and change chain goes well then make me a sandwich
0: <laughs> i know i love that line i also thought that was funny because my friends and i during our teen years watched too many like home invasion movies
1: oh, and so we were no. terrified
0: of like memories. and one time um one of my friends was like home alone and thought that she heard somebody and so like went and got knives from the kitchen and was like wandering through her house with kitchen knives oh my
1: god growing up in charlotte my dad um had a security system on the house and no one goes steal from my dad's house but it was never turned on um ever <laughs> but what it did was it made a beep 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 noise every time you opened a window or a door oh even a window uh-huh okay <laughs> so you can imagine as a teenage kid, this is problematic for me. I never snuck out, but like, you know, one time I got my hands on like a cigarette, which was like very scandalous for me. Very, very scandalous. And I must've been like 15 or 16. And I was like, going to like try and smoke it out my window, but it made the beep, beep, beep noise. I mean, I hear my dad immediately go, Rebecca, are you okay? Like screaming upstairs. <laughs> I'm I fine. To- I just the window. Why? All this to say, I was less afraid of home invasion because of the beep, beep, beep noise. I would have known if someone was entering the house.
0: I mean, I had no reason to be afraid of home invasion, except that, again, I was just a highly imaginative idiot teen who thought that that would be a problem in my life. <laughs> what
1: did you think of the Channing Tatum beat where he's like, my kid is over me. So I wanted to protect the one thing she does love you. That's, that's kind of a lame dad move. Like, come on, your kid's a teenager. Like, Of course she's over you.
0: I didn't really understand why he wanted to be a secret service agent. I mean, it's the same thing with, again, in the line of fire where I was like, you're going to have to give me a better reason than, I mean, or maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just like the noble pursuit of this office is that you just want to protect the president. I
1: mean, he does explain why. I I thought it made sense. He says, you know, when he went out to the military, she started obsessively watching the news. And then when he got elected, she really got into this president and very political And then he says, I'm not her hero anymore. I wanted to protect the man that is.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I I know. It's it's a little weak. It's probably one of the weakest parts of the movie. Yeah, I agree.
1: It would have been better if he's like, I always wanted to like be the president or I always,
0: I don't know. Or like he saw that as the next step after his military career. He just like wanted to continue serving his country. He wanted to be close to home. I kind of like that he's unqualified though, actually. I really kind of like,
1: this is not a natural step up for him. I really like, I appreciate that he's like undereducated, like not qualified for this. Not like, not anyone they would pick. I really liked that part, I think. Cause then he gets to prove himself. So I appreciate this wasn't like a natural step up in his ambition, but you know, sort of like a dorky attempt to please his daughter. I just feel like, get over it. Your kid's going to be fine. Like- your kid will like you again in a couple of years.
0: I mean, I think the scene itself is a little clunky. Yeah. I do agree with you that it really adds some nice depth to his arc.
1: Right. Especially, I mean, there's nothing sadder than watching a dad take his little girl on a job interview and then not getting the job. Like that idea makes me want to sob.
0: I know. And then to go on this tour, I mean, the stakes are already high on the personal level. level yeah. There. I wonder, do you think it would have been better if, At some point, she had discovered that he had lied to her. Maybe only at the end where he does have the job. And she could be
1: like, dad, that's how you got the job. Or like, you really earned it, dad. I don't know. I feel like if it had come earlier, it would have been a beat of like betrayal and disappointment Mm. in her. And I feel like we don't need that in the middle of a hostage situation.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it really like tugs at the heartstrings to have her be like, my dad's going to come save us. My dad is going to come save me.
1: Yeah, I think it's important she believes that, like Sarah and the little princess. Until
0: yeah, yeah. Again, this movie, every single emotional moment is so earned, and so with the exception of that clunky scene, but it's yeah. not even that. Like I'm willing to overlook because it all felt so real, and like there was evidence to back it up, and the world felt complete. Um.
1: Yeah, I would have liked an extra moment of uh, Jamie Foxx and his wife and daughter Garcelle and um and them. Just, you know, because I want her, more of her on screen. But I would have liked like another little moment where maybe he like calls his daughter or talks to her before the insurrection.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would have liked to have seen more of the family stuff there, too. Just,
1: just if, if only to draw a line between him and Channing Tatum. They have daughters around the same age. Yeah. And the joke about the belly button ring was really
0: cute. Again, it humanizes him. He's in this office of like, you know, the highest power in the United States. It's so stressful. He's like a figurehead. But he also is a man with a family and a dad, like, trying to figure things out.
1: Yeah, so cute. And then Jamie Foxx says, your daughter says I'm a hero. I've got to earn that.
0: Uh, There's another moment in here just about, like, the details and things coming back around and the stakes when you already think things are, like, so high on the political level. I think, like, Air Force One has been bombed at this point. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not, but it's still really high politically. And then we go back to the personal level where the the main henchman discovers Emily, Zoe, jo- Joey King's tickets. And mm-hmm. he makes the connection between her and her vlog and the man who was like running around saving the president and like thwarting them. Yeah. And that just brought the personal level back up again for me. Right. The, the tickets easily could have been like just another prop, but they come into play too. Hmm.
1: oh yeah and then now she's at risk even more so than she's at risk for exposing them to the news which she did
0: he goes in I mean he goes into where she's being held hostage and like backhands her which was mm-hmm. upsetting
1: it was and it was also upsetting how no one else stopped it the fight scene in the garden room with the mm-hmm. was really great
0: yes man everything like from the set dressing to also, I just want to note, this is a little bit um, earlier, but the toaster fighting in the kitchen. That was great. But yeah, the garden scene. What, what did you enjoy best about that part?
1: Oh, I just thought it was a good fight. I just like, I thought it was really fun and it looked pretty um, and it felt really brutal. They'd both just fallen through all this glass and not hurt, but it just kept going. I really liked that scene. Oh yeah. And then Air Force One up. the plane going down too, actually. Really shocked me, and it was an interesting choice to not show the inside of the plane at all after it's bombed. Just we just see it exploding on one side, then falling down.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we didn't. I'm really glad we didn't see the inside of the plane because there were all these characters that by now we knew, especially like the woman who had gotten Channing Tatum the interview and the passes. And also the VP who I was like less connected to. And so I I didn't really need the scene of like everybody screaming and burning up. Like the imagery of Air Force One just going down was enough. Yeah. Agreed. So my very last note for this movie, would you like to know what it is? Yeah. All caps, several lines. What a ride. (laughs) I
1: agree. I had so much fun watching this movie. It was just fun top to bottom. I I actually watched this over two days. I I watched part of it yesterday, the first hour and the second hour today. And I was so excited all day to get to finish this movie. <laughs> I was just like, I can't wait to go back to it. It's so fun. What's going to happen?
0: Yeah, I agree. It was fun. It was exciting. I couldn't stop watching. I was like crying in some parts and also genuinely laughing. Yeah. And everybody's just a delight to watch on screen. Yeah. I really felt like like I loved Air Force One too, but I feel like this really built on Air Force One in a great way. And I had mentioned also like in the line of fire, obviously this elevated that sort of storyline too. But this is a great movie. And I think, yeah, I think we should watch it July 4th. Definitely. Okay, Ren. so
1: how many trash can fires out of five would you give this film?
0: I think it's a five for me. This was really satisfying. It's really good. Again, Channing Tatum is a star. What about you?
1: I'm going to give it a five as well. I loved this movie. I had so much fun. It was a breeze. Like for such a high stakes action movie, it felt really breezy and fun to me. um. And so I loved it. Just, I really, really had a great time. This was what those other movies should have been. Why not make a series out of this great movie instead of that one?
0: I was really, to be honest, I was a little concerned when Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal was like, the call is coming from inside the house. I thought that's where the movie was going to cut off as like a setup for the next one right i'm glad they didn't but i agree yeah why are there more olympus has fallen movies when we could have had a sequel to this
1: well that brings us to the end of this episode um if you've been enjoying our podcast please go on apple podcasts and on spotify and leave us a five-star rating and a written review it means a lot to us
0: rebecca we didn't even talk about the importance of this episode this is a 50 or 50 second episode.
1: Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, this episode marks uh, one year of recording this podcast together. Wow, that's exciting. I know. Congratulations on our one year. Yay, congratulations on our one year. Ah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's so exciting. I'm so proud of us. Me too. With that being said, now that you've been listening to a podcast, headed into its second year of podcasting please do leave us that written review yes and just a reminder
1: this is an independently run produced edited dreamt up managed (laughs) social media run podcast by two women and (laughs) we really need your
0: support I know it's shocking but neither Rebecca nor I we're not celebrities
1: we're not famous and so we don't have built in social media impact. So we really could use your support in getting the word out about our podcast and leave us a review, tell your friends, share our stories on your story. That would be a big deal. We announce every week, what, we're, what movie we're coming up with next. We post fun BTS and that's all on Instagram at ladies get action. Please follow us there uh, for news and updates and fun stuff. And uh, we'll be coming out with some fun stuff right around when this episode um Launches with some year end or first year celebratory content. In the meantime, Rin, where can people
0: find you? People can also find me on Instagram at Rin Olson, that's R I N O L S S O N, or apparently in acting class again. Yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Rebecca, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at
1: Rebecca Ringley Casting.
0: Until next time, get get some some action.